just just about doomed, mate. Uh, surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, you the stole. Well, a very good evening. Welcome along to the semi-pros. Continuing a Thursday night tradition. Big show coming up today. A little bit lonely on my side of the desk at the moment, mind you. But uh, Troy Gursky's away. He's overseas or something. But joining me, the boys on the other side. Steve, how you going? Good, mate. Bit tired. I'll tell you what, the Aussie Open... Uh, Rex with your sleep patterns. Stayed up last night and watched Rafa get dusted. Yeah. But um, it's good to watch a bit of high-quality sport in your own backyard. Prime time, but... Yeah, yeah, good competition. Yeah. Joel, how you going? Good, mate. Much the same. I had the, the red eyes blaring this morning. Punched a couple of coffees into me to try to liven myself up from the uh, same scenario Steve's just depicted there. But, uh, no, it was some good viewing, that's for sure. It'll be another good game tonight too, Roger Federer and uh, the Joker. Who you got? Are we talking about that later? No, I'll worry about that. comes up after. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I just, last night I was like, I just can't start watching this because then... I'll be up till all the Can't stop. getting up early. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I was going to bed at the end of the second set, and I thought, oh, you yeah, know, that'll do. Probably even it up, and yeah. And then was it half past eleven? Knock off. That, yeah. Uh, I was sort of hoping that um, Tame did win because I was like, if I got to sit here for another hour, yeah. <coughs> watch the fifth. It looked like it was be, going that way too, didn't it? Half yeah, started yeah, to yeah. choke up a little bit. Old Dominic Tim, but uh, wobbled at the finish line. I tell you what, there's been a few like that got their wobbly knees when they seen the uh, the finish, finish line, line in the Barty party in today. Sight. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hey, looming large doesn't pre- have a similar problem. Pressure, Saturday. pressure does uh, wonderful things, doesn't it? Yeah, looming large, mate. I tell you what, yeah, flying. We'll get to that. Barty Day went down today, so the, what do they say? The Barty party's over. Yeah, it's a bit defunct, isn't it? Was that a semi-final? Semi-final. So uh, the American last that beat her, I'm not sure of the name. But she, she won, anyway. She's through. 7-6-7-5, that's got to be the cruelest way to lose a game, doesn't it? Yeah, in the old tiebreakers. You, you haven't gone too bad. You've mm. been. I think she was thereabouts and just made a couple six. of errors, like Steve said. Legs started wobbling a bit and... All of a sudden, you eight, get beat. Eight six in the tiebreaker as well, and then you get dusted seven five on the second set. So you're gone straight sets, but you've dropped one service. Well, basically, you've you've lost by one service game. Beaten by three points, really. Yeah, yeah game of inches. Yeah, give them an inch, they tuck them all, though, won't they? Those young so Americans. the saying goes. Glasses? Yeah. So what's that? Semi final? Was it today? Yeah, semi final. Yeah. So she's through to the. It'll be Saturday, isn't it? The women's final. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, so that, that's all coming up. So you've got Djokovic and Federer tonight. So, uh, yeah, some great tennis coming up. Just while we're talking about tennis, Nick Kyrgios. Now, last week you made the ludicrous claim that he turned the corner. Mm. We said it's a pretty big corner. Gee, he was good again the other night. He was. He, beat, but he was. Uh, he did show signs. I thought that he might have turned it up. Toys out of the cot and flicked it out. But, uh, no, he, he dug in against uh, Rafa. As well, and had he had his opportunities, and really he just he had a couple of big shots that he just missed, and like some of those shots in tennis, they're missing by four mil or mm. something yeah. on the lines. They challenge it, and you think, oh, that's mile out, and you're like, nah, not quite. 
So, but I think he did, and and just the way he saw, I suppose carried himself after he did yeah. give some of the reporters a hard time. But I think the reporters were doing their best sort of best fishing there to as well up, to, to, get him, yeah. Yeah. to get him riled and get the result they wanted yeah. or a bit of controversy or saying to say something. But he, he, to his credit, he did hold himself together pretty well, I thought. And uh, I don't know, maybe he has. I, hopefully he has because mate, he's a superb talent, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, like some of those shots he hits. Is, Stupid. Flat and hard, aren't they? Yeah. And He's he, got a massive serve too. Yeah. Mm. Really boom, big boom and serve. Did you see as well, he um, he did break one racket. but then Yeah, that was that was nice rock, too, rock, the way he did it. Rock of the week, he's tried to give it to some bloke. And yeah, almost dropped, dropped the dropped setter. Mm. Exactly. And then I, then I was saying, how's the old cameraman? He's just sitting there filming the broke. Yeah, exactly. Drop, lob it up to him, yeah, give him another chance. He'll keep it for himself. himself. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? And look, Woods, I guess the other thing that dominated the sports world this week, or just pretty much world news, was... Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Sunday morning. Monday morning, sorry, our time. And it started, you know, I saw it pop up. I was, again, I know I was awake very about five o'clock flicking through and saw this thing pop up. TMZ, so I think I was probably. Geez, that's stiff from them. They're an ordinary outfit, aren't they? TMZ. And you see, they, they broke the news even before that, even, you know, yeah. the families or anything were. Imagine lobbing up, waking up in the morning or whatever time it might have been over there and just seeing the news flashes. And the fact is, so. Yeah, the fact that they were, what I thought if they were the first one to break it, and, and no one actually totally was like convinced confirmed or not, yeah, because it was a fairly unreliable source. But anyway, um, as we know, history shows now. Obviously, that is what happened. And talk about a, I don't know, an outpouring of support for the man from every walk of life, from mm. tennis like Djokovic, mm. they, or Kyrgios. Kyrgios walked out that. with the number eight uh, on, yeah. Obviously, tennis, uh, basketball wise, has been. Um, a billion different tributes in different ways to him as well. But um, heaps of soccer players and that coming out and throwing their support. And I think it's just affect the sporting community across the, across the world. They really, that was the sort of mark of the man, I suppose yeah. you could say. What's your favourite Kobe moment? Oh. Lakers fan, we'll go to you first. The old 81 against the Raptors in 2006 was pretty hard to beat. 81 point game. Yeah. That's the old... Uh, Steve Glover special to saying that he didn't pass the ball, but uh, pretty impressive. I was like, they showed highlights the other day of the, his last game. Yeah, when he's put up 60. Yeah, 60, yeah. He took 50 shots. <laughs> However, they did show the last three minutes and he won in the game. Like, Will got hot, line. yeah. My, so I'll tell you, mine was, um, you know, you just sort of think about it. Oh, 2011 we were over there and I went to Staples Centre and we went there obviously because you wanted to see Kobe play. So... Um, and he was questioned, and then I was over there and I was sort of reading the reports. He was questioned to what to play that day because of injury or something like that. So I was like, I didn't come all the way from Australia to go to Staples Centre to watch. Pal Gasol. Derek Fisher. Ronnie <laughs> um, yeah, Artest and the boys. <laughs> your man. Uh, what was the other one? Like? Shannon, Shannon Brown. Brown. The crew, yeah. So, but he played, so, which was, I thought about that. That's probably like he, he did play through a fee bit. Like he was pretty durable. So yeah. Well, the only guys to show, remember when he did his uh, Achilles? Achilles. Come out and bang the two free throws in and then. Limped off. Yeah. Torn the Achilles. He didn't miss an opportunity to score. No. <laughs> all, the, all the tributes. It was actually quite funny. Golf on Monday. Trevor Greve actually said it. He said, you know, we were talking about they did all the 24-second shot clock. Like, the violation. Yeah. yeah. As Trev said, they probably should have said how many shots they could get up in 24 <laughs> seconds. Probably mm. a more fitting tribute. Yeah, don't worry. There would have been a uh, 24 violation was in Kobe's hands. but um, <laughs> or, or an eight-second one. No. No, exactly. But it, it shows that I, I suppose I didn't really... Underestimated the uh, the reach of the bloke and and mm. the um, the esteem that he was held in. Like a, 
watched a lot of basketball and wasn't a massive Kobe fan, wasn't a fanatic like that. But um, one thing that you can't take away from is, is his work ethic and that's a sort of a lot that's coming out now. Yeah. I still remember that story. It was, it was Jay, Jay Williams, I think. It was a pretty high draft pick who went into yeah. the gym and Kobe was shooting around and Williams mucked around, did a few things, got some shots up, was in there for a couple of hours and then Kobe's down the other end doing what he does. Jay Williams said he's packed up and gone. He, he was in there for a couple of hours, so he's been in there and done a workout and he saw Kobe, I think, a while ago. He dropped 40 in, in the game and he asked him, how, how could you stay that long? And he said, mate, I had to because you were down the other end. I had to outwork you. Yeah. And there's a lot of those things with the same with Iverson when they were both yeah. rookies, mm. rookie year, and their uh, Iverson obviously lived the high life, like to get around and, and uh, I suppose flaunt his uh, his status in the NBA. And there's uh, they went out to dinner and yes. he's like, Where are you going? And then Iverson's like, Yeah, she don't hit in the clubs, <laughs> so I'm gonna do there and uh, and try his luck out in the clubs and he's like, what are you doing? And Kobe's like, yeah, I'm going to the gym and that was the night four games and, and yep. all those high-level guys, like you look at, like obviously Kobe did at Jordan, like Jordan, they'd go do big weight sessions, they'd do full full gym workouts before they played each night, yeah. weekend. Phenomenal week athletes so, really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, I suppose that's why you, they are what they are and they 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 achieved what they achieved but yeah, the, I suppose the, 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 the big thing that hit home is, is off the court that... Um, just the, the family man that he was, and mm. and that's sort. Of, I think you see guys like Shaq and and yeah. Rick and, Fox and, and LeBron, and LeBron, like they're breaking down to yeah nothing as as what can happen in those sort of circumstances. But to to guys like that to be yeah shattered, um, yeah, it just, just shows how much of, of an effect of, of people he had, and just did you the see, little did things you see he does. Shaq? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Reaches out to, to Shaq's kids and that, flicks yeah. them a message, so he's not, yeah, thinking that he, he, he's above me. I'm, I'm Kobe, da da da, bound down to me. He's, he's passed it on, and like, that's it. I think the work look, that he was doing too, uh, still with the game, you know, he was still yeah, working with sure. the likes of Kawhi Leonard and, yeah. and trying to help like DeMar DeRozan and the superstars coming through now. The, the work he was doing, I suppose, behind the scenes, it sort of went unnoticed yeah. too. That's going to be a massive loss for the game itself. Yeah. Just that. Obviously, you had like such a successful mindset and the skill set to go with yeah. it to pass that on. You know, that's a that's a huge loss. Yeah, mm. yeah. And the sad as it is, I've probably got more respect for the bloke now. You've heard all those stories and and realise all that. And like, it's a shame that beforehand, yeah, mm. you sort of don't realise that until something like this happens, and then it's all brought to uh, to to public. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. It's funny, like you say. I, I always just spit similar. Not I. I wouldn't say I was a huge Kobe fan, but then as I said, I thought back to that game at the Lakers game, and I went to the game because. He was, he was playing, playing. Mm. yeah. And then I went there, and I didn't buy a Lakers shirt. I bought a Kobe shirt, like to go to the game, you know. So things like that. So and um and yeah, and I would have been dirty if he didn't play because like, well, <laughs> you know, Dwight they played Orlando, and Dwight Howard was playing for Orlando, so they got well, it was a pretty good game and all the rest of it. But yeah, so I think that yeah, that's been a big thing, and even in the NBL in Australia, we've seen that they've done um, twenty four seconds of applause before each tip off of each game this round. So. Yeah, so a lot of things, but yeah, if you got any um, thoughts on the Kobe or uh, things like that, share them with us. Also, uh, we've got a huge show tonight, so share the share the feed. Um, if anyone you think might like want to watch or tune in, share it far and wide. We'll be here for an hour or so just talking rubbish. So mm. you might General Thursday chat. Garbage. <laughs> So on that note, we will take a break. And joining us after the break, two blokes that are probably more interesting to talk to than us, Chris George and Carl Jockelson.
in my line of work, I, I see a lot of kitchens and, and great renovations on a daily basis. And look, the, the work that the guys at Westerns um, do is phenomenal. Like their attention to detail is definitely second to none. We knew we had a, what idea we had in mind. We wanted modern, we wanted sleek, and they worked with us the entire way. Their design team helped us and you know, anything that didn't look like it might have worked well, they helped us rectify and suggested different points that we could um, take on for the kitchen. So it was great, they were perfect to work with and um, we definitely do it all over again with them. Bathroom's next. Mm. <laughs> just, just about to do, mate. Joining us on the semi-pros, some great guests in the studio tonight. We've had some awesome guests on this show, but this bloke might go straight to the top of the tree when you're talking international stardom. Carl Jockamson, international angler. How you going? Good, mate. Good to be here. <laughs> what are you doing back in Toowoomba? Uh, seeing it, his funeral, he's, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris is uh, getting married. So uh, my season's sort of starting up and... Uh, Chris is uh, getting married on Sunday, so a bit of a short and sweet trip, but um, well worth it. So that's why Chris isn't playing golf on the weekend. <laughs> How you going? It's been a bit um, vacant, haven't I, at the golf course? <laughs> Normally take something pretty big to keep him away too, I reckon. <laughs> Sneak in a game for, for it. I, I figure if I have this week off, I'll get a bit in on the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> New course. <laughs> We hope so. So that'll be good to see you back on at the golf course. But yeah, Carl, so back here now. What You're in your off-season at the moment? Kind of. Um, it's pretty much kicked It's kicked off, um, but I've fished an open sort of leading up uh, to flying out and the Elite Series starts. The I'm, I'm kind of missing a day and a half of practice during the flight. So my camper, boat and truck and everything is set up on the St. John's River. And uh, this we... Chris gets married, the next morning we're straight down to Brizzy, fly out, Brisbane, LA, LA, Orlando, drive up and I'll be practising for the first elite. So she's a bit of a mission, but um, I've got to fish an open, uh, Bassmaster Open, which is kind of just anyone can fish it. I've got my boat, truck, everything dialed in, got to fish a full tournament, so everything's kind of set. And then she was sort of a week and a half mission over here and then yeah. uh, straight into it. Yeah, so last season was a incredible for you, like, you know, we know your name from around here, starting around here, trying to make your name in the States, but last year was a, a real breakthrough year for you. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't start that way. It was, uh, it was a hell year. It was actually one of my worst. And it was a super, it was just, it was one of those years where I had uh, huge high hopes. I was back on the Bassmaster Elite Series, back against the top 100 in the world. And, kind of it just didn't and nothing went to plan that I, that yeah. I was you know hoping for and so I kind of we went through a year with like is this really happening again is this is like I'm on my 10th year I'm grinding I'm doing everything right I've I've showed that I can mix it with the best but I just couldn't get that breakthrough 
And uh, on the last event of the season, you know, doesn't matter what sport you're in, every athlete has that, uh, just that, that season or that game that gives them that huge boost, puts them at the top. And I just have never, I just couldn't get that breakthrough. I've never had it. I've come close. I've shown the signs. I've almost got there. Had the belief, and then just out of nowhere, just bang, last event of the season, and it all went down. I won. And the first Aussie to ever win a Bassmaster Elite Series. How does that sort of um, how does how does the the rankings and things work? So you're sort of saying you've had the worst season. Does it, was it looking like you were going to fall out of that Bassmaster Elite Series? Like is it like a golf sort of thing where you missed the cut or something? Or yep. So uh, I've had I made I made the elites in 2015, and then you've you've got a two year buffer, and you've got to finish inside the top. That you can't fish finish below the top sort of 2015, or you've got a chance of getting kicked out. And my problem is I kind of swing for the fences. I'm always going for, like, the win. I find it very hard to be consistent in in what I do, just the way I fish. I have to – and what that results in is me either having a shot to win or being at the very bottom of the leaderboard. And I've really worked hard over the past couple of years to pick that up. And the, with what happened with the elites, I just lost that again and I went for it every time. And next minute I found myself – at the bottom but like in fishing it's very rare sport because it's so hard to win it's like nearly impossible there's seven guys won this year like it's in in guys that i know that have been doing this their whole life that have lived and breathed it they've never won an elite series trophy ever they're 70 years old won millions of dollars been doing it haven't won you know you can come second a lot or third or top 10 and just crossing that line into that win it it sort of cements you. You can there's guys over there that have have made huge careers over one win in their life. It just and so I just knew what that one win would mean to Australia, me, my sponsors, the fans, and everything. So I always found myself going for it. Uh, so big big weight off my shoulders to get that win and be like it's done i got it i did it and now i'm excited to fish this season and try and get that consistency get it back and and try and make the bassmaster classic be in contention for angler of the year and sort of get on track that way without being one end or the other I suppose a lot of people like myself think fishing, you, you turn up, throw a bit of bait on a hook or a lure in the water, and that's about the extent of it. But obviously at that level, there's a lot more into it. What sort of things you do to prepare? Is it a matter of just getting out and, and getting casts in the water, or is there, there are other things you look at, uh, sort of reading waterways, all that sort of stuff that, uh, that goes into sort of being prepared for these sort of series? Yeah, it's huge. You know, It's just – it's like – no different to any other sport. Um, big, it's a big mental side of things, but the big one is just uh, knowledge. You know, I'm versing guys that have lived and breathed that sport, that species of bass. Their fathers have taught them on those lakes. Their grandfathers taught them, and and so forth. And for me, to where I'm at is, I've fished every second of chance I can get since I was four years old, and so. That is what's held me in good stead over there. But even though I'm versing a, a different species, but in the past 10 years, I've lived and breathed, been on the water, daylight till dark, 16-hour days, tackle work, prep. Um, I work on my fitness, mental, coach, the whole works. Like, it's all 
comes into a big package, but pretty much it comes down to I've spent more time in the water than just about any human on the planet, and those <laughs> top couple guys have mm. done the same thing. Um, so, but you know, for off season, there's sponsorships. Um, you're working for sponsors. You're built. You're redoing your entire boat again you get a new boat new rig new sounders you're dialing things in you're trying new techniques you're constantly working on your craft no matter what like i've had the odd time off but every little thing i'm doing is generally trying to improve myself and get better at what i do and that's what it takes to kind of beat those guys because it's just it's out of control like I, I was telling Chris, and I tell a few people, Rick Clun still fishes. And he's one, a superstar of the sport over there. He's 72, 72 years old, and he was leading an event last year on an area he found in 1984, and that was the year I was born. <laughs> so, like, that's the kind of experience you're going against, and it's hard to beat them guys like that. In terms of, um, you know, you're lobbing up there at the, the lake and throw the boat in the water, and like you said, you've got your tackle and everyone's ready to go. Like, you fished a couple of times at that, that like, leading into the, the first day of your event, I, I yep. presume. Like yep. like you said, you have practice on the lake. Yep. So everyone just takes off in their boat and then you just go and find your spots and just launch into it. Do you have a fair idea, like, on a, on a map sort of thing, like, all right, I'm going to try these five spots or... Yeah, you've got a real game plan. So you've got the whole lake's mapped. It's got contours. You're looking at time of year, water temperature, um conditions, te- general temperature, wind direction, water clarity, um, all of these things are just like boom, boom, boom. You're putting everything into place to s- know what those fish are doing, why they're setting up, why they're doing it, whether they're going to be shallow, and you- and then you're fishing the conditions as well. You can practice three days. You get a three-day practice. You could have sunny skies and high you know, high barometer temperature for three days and a cold front can come through and you've got to be ready to drop everything and go. And that's where that experience comes in. Those guys are like, yep, seen this before. I'm going to do something totally different. And then I'm over there fishing what I caught them on yesterday and they're gone. Those fish just totally adjust and move to exactly what they want to do for their prime sort of feeding. And basically you've got to think like them. You've got to be like, why are they doing this? And you've got to be like one step ahead of the game and, that's kind of what happened at Ten Killer, the lake that I won at. Is just I got in front of those fish and were thinking ahead, and and it was towards the end of the year, and pressure was getting to a lot of the guys that are at the top, and they tried to um, fish safe, and I had nothing to lose, so I got to fish free and went for it, and everyone was on the bank fishing like areas that you could get a lot of bites but not big ones and I was fishing offshore away from everyone my own thing in 30 feet of water and I was getting six bites a day which is not which is not many you lose one I come nowhere and uh and but I was putting them in the boat and that was the difference between sort of winning and losing yeah unreal and look you talked about what it meant for Australian fishing and just Australia in general now um shows how close you are to the lake beside you you're coming <laughs> Fair way out of your way to do this while the sounds of things to come over for a wedding for a yeah. <laughs> for a party. So, yeah. um, so Chris, what did it mean to you when you like you've watched the journey and you've obviously grown up together and that? What did it? What did it mean? And you understand the magnitude of what Carl did last yeah. year. Well, a lot of people probably don't get how big a deal it really it, was. It's funny. It's like a lot of things. You know, you, you envision something happening when it seems unrealistic. Like you, we envisioned it years ago, and, and this feeling of just like holy hell, he's won or whatever. But the, the journey there, you know, the depletion that happens to you over the journey, it's like he wins and you're like, oh, yeah, 
know, <laughs> thought that it, might happen. It wasn't, like, yeah, like, oh, I expect him to win sooner or later. Like, it's sort of like the journey and all the hardship that, that, that drew us there was like, it was just sort of, it wasn't as like the emotion that you think you were going to have five years ago. I guess it happens in a lot of sports because I just don't think you're ready for for that until you've done the hard yards or whatnot. So, I mean, it wasn't... If it happened quick, it would be like bang, but it's like 10 yeah. years. Of but it was one of them things that like, I guess it took a little few days or a few weeks to realise the, the enormity of it and then see what success has come of it afterwards because the time it was just sort of, yeah, it was sort of surreal. But I guess the, the best part of what happened for Carla was the, the coverage and the emotion that showed in it so that when he when he did win that comp, you could see and feel the emotion and that's what like came through to the viewer and has given him like a lot more out of that win than he would have got had he have won it you know, in his first year and was it happy but didn't really feel it deep down, you know, that, that emotion wouldn't have come through and he wouldn't have got with them as much as he has done now. So, you know, he, he deserves everything he gets and, um, you know, it couldn't happen to a better person. Yeah, I, I remember waking up and not a fishing follower or anything, just knowing yourself. Or someone shared the, the moment, I think, that you pulled your yeah. last fish in <laughs> and I think you've thrown it in the well and just laid down basically Started screaming crying, on you? the yeah. boat and yeah. just you knew basically you knew you had the win yeah. under your belt. And it, shaking. It, it, I think you were like, shaking. I got too, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. being like someone who's played sport, you get goosebumps seeing that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. You sort of that's what you know drives everybody to be able to get to that and feel that emotion. But yeah. um from that, has that led to like fan base, people, you, you, celebrity status over there with the following that the fishing gets. I know it's a, like nothing over here compares to what they do over there. So you, you get that following, people sort of jumping on board or jumping on the bandwagon with you. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, that win and that exposure because, you know, it's on ESPN, it's on all the big channels. And, you know, some of those guys, they, they win, they've won millions of dollars, $6 million in mm. prize money. And a lot of them will win and they're just like happy. But like... People had followed my journey a fair bit, but, like, a lot of the Americans are just like, what are you – how are you even here? Like, they can't even believe that I'm fishing the elites. So they've, they've, they've followed that story, and then when they got to see it, and then they're like, he's leading right now in the last day, mm. and then it just was built and built and built. And it just – I think the big one was, like, 10 years or 20 years of my lifetime of work – when I caught that fish, I said I've been waiting my whole life to catch that fish, <laughs> and uh, and you could just like I can't even watch it. I get I tear up if I watch it Every, again. I just choke up because I just brings me back to that moment. And uh, it was you know I'd caught four, and there was a three hour window where if I, I had sixteen pounds for four, and if I didn't catch another one, the guy would have beat me. Chris Saldane would have beat me. So I had to catch that one more to close it out, and I'm like. This is the worst scenario ever. <laughs> if I come second right now with what I've got, I'm never going to live it down. I'll never forget it. I've got to finish this deal. And I had a three-hour window where every scenario is playing through your head. I've got 30, 40 boats chasing me on every spot. I've got every eye on me, the camera, the whole works. And then it was just like, bang, I finally got that bite. And when I landed that fish, it would literally just the weight of the world come off me and, like, I, I couldn't stand up. Like, I just wanted to lay on that deck and all the emotion came out. So I had old guys that have been doing it their whole life, Rick Clun and all the biggest names in the sport, like, kind of said thank you to me. They were just like, 
when you when you're doing what you're doing, you're trying to you're trying to think that winning you have to win to be successful, and you don't know that if what you're doing is the right thing. And when I won, I had every single uh, competitor, angler, my heroes of the sport wait stay back and watch me weigh in. And they all took the time to just congratulate me, write me a message, call me and everything. And it just was like that validation of like, man, I've been doing the right thing the whole time. I just hadn't had that like crossover into that win. And that's what I, th- I feel like I wanted to represent Australia at the best I could. I didn't want any little bad words said about Australia and doing that the way that I did took longer. I could have taken a lot of easier routes, got more information but doing it the right way um, took a lot longer. But when I finally got that win, it um, it just it meant a lot more to the people. And when I had the people, you know, that stayed back and and supported me, I was like, I've been doing it right, and it and it made it just that much better. And for yourself, Carl, obviously a, a big goal setter. You know, in everything that what you do, like you said, you went to the stage. You had all these goals and ambitions and dreams and things. You've just achieved, you know, the biggest one that you set out to do. 2020 rolls around. That's the last tournament of 2019. 2020 rolls around. Yep. What's in store for you? What's the goals now, mate? Like, So the biggest – I'm on the Bassmaster Elite Series, and that's like – now it's the top 80 guy, top 85 guys in the world. And winning one of them is kind of like winning, um, you know, a PGA event or whatever in golf or something. But, like, the, the Bassmaster Classic is – the pinnacle of bass fishing. It's what every single kid, every angler, any bass fishing, that has what has inspired them to take, pick up a fishing rod and go fishing or tournament fish is by seeing that. And it is pretty much the 50 guys get in through a point system angle of the year over the year through the Elite Series. And uh, it'll be you weigh in in a stadium and there'll be... 20,000, 30,000 people, packed stadium, screaming their heads off. You got your song just blaring. You drive your truck and boat in. The whole crowd goes nuts. You pull a fish out of the live well. It's the whole show, and it just gives you goosebumps. And that that has been the real goal. This has been a big lead-up, and I'm just taking that step-by-step step and having that Elite Series win now has taken a bit of the pressure off to be like, okay, like I said, I've got to get that consistency to get in that Bassmaster Classic. I can't have those bad ones. And so the, the big dream is to, like, Aussies have come over and watched me weigh in and been to an Elite Series event, and they'll have 60,000 people come through an event over the space of four days. But that Classic, it's something, it's crazy. 5,000 people uh, at the boat ramp watching them back their boats in. <laughs> And it can be freezing. <laughs> like, Whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Uh, eh? Yeah, it'll be in the minuses, and they'll be out there with their kids, flags, the whole show, and they're just so pumped about it. And that's the dream of like every single bass angler, you know, pretty much all around the world. So for me, making that, I think I really want my fam- my family got to come over for my wedding and all sorts of stuff. But like that's the sort of thing where Aussie fans, if I make it, I think that'll. You know, this exposure here is amazing and I want to keep putting it out there, but it sucks that today's show, Fox Sports, someone aren't saying, like, man, we've got an Aussie over there beating yeah. the Americans at the best in the game. What I did is near impossible. It might never be done again and I ha- I can't get on there. Like, I can't get that proper exposure. And Aussies are proud, but in the fishing community, it's 
it's massive and it's going, it's spreading, but it'd be cool to get mainstream, that mainstream sort, of, sort of stuff. Sort of support, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's because yeah. it's it's fishing in Australia isn't isn't the mainstream sport. Like if yeah. it was as big as it was in America, we'd be following the same progress. It's just not as big here. It's just yeah. a whole different ball game here. Yeah. yeah. You did mention that you had the family over for the wedding there, and I believe as part of the Bucks week, or you had you had a fishing comp over there, and you got dusted. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you got that. dusted. They come back crowing. I tell you what, he's got off the plane and come back to the golf course. Had the <laughs> yeah. chest puffed out a little bit further. <laughs> the the those drives went a little bit further down because he just had that little bit of confidence behind him. Yeah, so he got no. he dusted you in the uh, the family fishing comp. Yeah, I got to let him win a couple here and there. <laughs> He gave me the dud lure too. I just outfished yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's always a competition, you know. That's that's you know why the reason Chris got to where he did with boxing is partially because of how much me and my family and the people around him push him to make sure like we'll beat him at anything we can, <laughs> and it's vice versa. So when we're on the water, it's always a competition. You're always pushing each other to be better, and like the reason we got so far in our chosen sports is because we competitive event. So you did grow up fishing with it. Like how just where'd the fishing come from? So through the family? How who started or what Oh yeah, granddad took us fishing like for years when we were young, just on the river and that. And I was real young and the boys were a bit older as us and the cousins and stuff and yeah, Carl was always like the leader. He was just more keen. We were just there for a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. You bait his hooks, mate, weren't you? <laughs> Carl sort of, he lured me into fishing by like, we'd go away and he'd cook and clean and have the boat ready and I'd just show up, get fed and we'd go out fishing and we just seemed to catch fish all the time. I thought it was great, you know, like, so he sort of got me into it that way. When he left, I've sort of fizzled right out of it. <laughs> Learned you had work. to fuel your own boat and drive yourself there. It was a torture. So I'm sort of back right off since Carl left. But um, when Carl was here, it was, it was heaven. We used to call him Mumsy at the campsite. Yeah. What's for dinner, Mum? Yeah. He'd cook up. He, he's always just been passionate about the whole, the whole, the whole deal with whether it's hunting, fishing, outdoors. Just. You know, he'll just go and he'd go and watch ants how they work if he had to. Like he's just an outdoors person; he's always <laughs> been that way. Uh, and I thought I was, but um, when I weren't the reality of fishing and outdoors, I um I become a city folk. <laughs> <laughs> it was you know fishing for me has been a big passion and doing it, but like it's f- even from way back then it was always about showing. Like I wanted to show someone like. I want to sh- like get them the feeling that I had for fishing. Yep. So it's all, and still now, like I could, I hundred percent don't care if I don't catch another fish the rest of my life. If I, as long as I got to take people and show them and show them that experience, like I want them to catch them. Just when, and even the last time we came, Chris caught a huge cod out of Kubi, and I was with him, and like he got that he hadn't been fishing for a bit but we went and chased that and he got that and he got that fire and that buzz back and we got you know that's what i want to i love seeing that and when i take kids out and that you know their parents don't fish but i take them and they hook that first fish that's what i just live for that seeing that emotion and yeah. you know getting that little bug i want to get them outside get them away from the computer games get them on the lake in the outdoors the real kind of stuff and it's weird. I've just had that even when I was sixteen. Just I'd meet people at tackle store, fishing bits yeah. everywhere I worked. I took, I've taken thousands of people that I didn't even know. Just had a little interest, and I was like, I'll take you out and catch them some fish. And 
I've cost a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> Great sales. They get, the yeah. Yeah. they get the bug and next minute bass boats and rods yeah. and reels. Oh, you need to buy one of these, <laughs> mate. Oh, this is what you caught it on. Look what you did with this. Yeah. So, it is, so Chris has had you working since you've been here, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's put me to work. He's been doing tours out, out to... Uh, I, I saw that you guys had an online away. auction and that you raised money for, for the bushfires. Yep. Now, you said you enjoyed taking people out fishing. I saw that the last thing that was up for auction was you and your cousin, isn't it? Yep, Matthew Langford. He has. A, he actually run. You know, it sort of runs in the family. Matty used to come out with us on the river. He's just. He's got the real outdoors. You know, fishing passion as well. And he's a guide on a lot of the lakes here. He came over to America. He made the Bass Nation Championship and represented Australia on that. He used my boat and truck. I just lent him the whole show. And he went to Hartwell and he was... He would have looked like a superstar, wouldn't he? Yeah, he, he's like loving it. And that, again, I just wanted to see him just, mate, go for it. He's like, who would give you boat and truck? I'm like, I want you to feel that that thing, you know, that I've had. And he, he took it and he's bloody in third going into the last day. <laughs> and the top three made the Bassmaster Classic for the following year. So, like, he was... Uh, he he would have been like, where you wanted to be. Yeah, like, he, my, I was like, my boat's going to be in the Classic and I'm not going to be in it next year. <laughs> but I would have loved it, you know. I want I want, I want that. And uh, so we auctioned a trip off fish with me and Maddie either either in a, in Australia here and, uh, and then... If they wanted to, they could fly to America and I'd take them for a day. And uh, the guy, it went for $6,000. And then, Yeah, I was following on the auction. Yeah. I was like, geez, this is going to be interesting. Where, he, have they let on where they're going to fish? So he ended up putting another 1000 in. So it went for 7000 and he's going to do a trip with me and Matty here and a trip with me. He said, can I throw in another 1000 do both? I was like, yep. That's awesome. <laughs> so wow. we raised twenty grand um, in three-hour auction with only a handful of items. And uh, that just showed, like, the Many Aussie shirts. support. Just but I, could, I couldn't believe yeah. the numbers like that you blokes have. There's, like, yeah. 400 people on there. Yeah. I just saw it yeah. flick up. You know, Chris George shared this, so I just clicked on it. And here's the pair. Here's about 400 people <laughs> chiming in, wanting to buy things. And we had a bit of trouble with the internet, so it was a bit slow. And, like, some of them, like, people paid 2700 for a jersey and then like we'd sell it and then it, someone would be like 3000 3200 and we're like oh sorry you didn't get in but yeah, talks with council about MBN. Yeah. they look after that or no, no, it's no. a federal government issue oh, is it? <laughs> it's certainly someone member. can lobby for us battlers <laughs> yeah. uh, all the council mates going to golf i think yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway it's another story um but say that was that like that was a big part of me flying over is like yeah. It was weird, you know, I was in Tennessee, we've got a new place over there and uh, it's pouring rain for weeks and weeks on end, torrential, everything's flooded and I'm just sitting there just on my phone, just Australia's on fire and like I didn't sleep for like two weeks, I just felt helpless, I'm like this is the strangest feeling and uh, just felt helpless and I'm like I want to do something and that's when I come up with the idea and Chris has got the best platform with the auction thing and we started promoting it and it went unreal and we raised yeah. 20 grand and we're gonna we've we've found two unbelievable places a wildlife place here that we're gonna help out and we'll post about that shortly and uh, and so, and gonna go to some people down south that got really affected. Yeah, so. no, that's uh, hats off to you guys. So, with base in America, how long do you, do you have, how long do you think you'll be there, or is it? Um, there forever? It's, uh, he married yeah. he married American, yeah, so he might be there for life there forever, or is it? I like think I think I'll probably be there, you know, forever. I think I just want to get in a position where. Um, you know, you got no idea the appreciation I have for Australia coming back now. It's like 
I land here and I'm just like a big deep breath. I'm like, <laughs> I love being home. And like, I, I see people around. I'm like, you got no idea like how good you got it right here. I love home. Like, I yeah. just love it so much. But at the same time, I love America. America's a hunting, fishing, outdoors dreamland. Like, it's crazy. If you're, if you are into any of them, it's, it's the greatest place on the planet. And, uh, but coming home, like, it's just a, it's, we are just so much more, America's like, go, 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 and you just get after it, and there's no other option, you're just 100% on it, trying to achieve the best of the best all the time, and the people around you are, all, are doing it as well, and that helps you to get pl- a, a long, long way, but when you come home, it's, you, you tend to, people are just so down to earth, relaxed, it's a safer environment, our wildlife, our trees, just getting out, I don't know, there's something about it, I just, I I have a bigger appreciation, so I always want to be able to come home, like in that off season, and I just want to have the money to be able to be like, oh, I want to fly home and come in for a certain fishing season, go cod fishing, do something here, be able to go back and, and fish my season over there, and that would be the ultimate goal, and I've been able to do that, it's just... You know, we won some money and got ahead, but it's been a grind leading up to before that win. But I definitely, I'll never just be living in America. I'll always call Australia home. I'll always be coming back. So people want to follow your journey. How do they, you through social media is the best way if people want to. Yep, follow us just through Instagram, Facebook. I've got a website, but, um, you know, I'm posting a couple times a day trying to keep everyone up to date. And uh, for all the Aussies, just get on Instagram or Facebook and you can, Follow the journey. Yeah. And you've jumped in the ring as well, so speaking of... Um, um, he's the only undefeated yeah. fighter in the family, <laughs> actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you'd admit to that, but I like to throw that one up when I, when I can. <laughs> That's his claim to fame. Don't want to say how many fights, or but just undefeated. Fa- family of fighters, he's the only undefeated one. <laughs> <laughs> and that was awesome. We raised some money, and, and yeah. that was that was one of the probably the greatest experiences of my life because... It was at a point in my career, fishing career, where I got kicked out of the elites and I was, like, wondering what I was going to do and where I was at in life. And that fight just, like, that, there's no worse sport. There's not nothing worse than getting in that ring. And, like, I had never experienced I'd sparred with Chris, but it's just different. And when I got through that and got past it, I was, like, I was unstoppable. I was, like, I can do anything. If I could do that in front of all them people, even though it was just like that, it just... The confidence I gained from that and the experience of training with Chris and getting a bit of a feel of what he goes through every day, I, I would, I'm so lucky that I had Chris and got to do that in my life. Because yeah, that, that was another thing I was going to ask you, actually. Particularly with, did you, did you see a lot of similarities in the boxing and the fishing in the sense that it's just you against, you know, everyone else? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, it's... Like, Chris and I constantly, when he was, like, in his peak, we would just have big conversations on the phone constantly just of different things. And it's the same thing. It's, like, it's pretty much all in your head. It's all between the ears. Everything you do. It doesn't matter how good or skilled you are at anything. If you're not right between the ears, it's just not going to It's not gonna happen. And until you have uh, your, your, your things in a row in your life, you're just not going to be able to peek over that, that lip and... You know, for Chris, we are in two different sports. As in, I can do this until I'm 80. Where Chris had a ver- a window where his body's gonna, it's you know, and you're getting you get punched in the head. It's a brutal sport. But Plus golf that, was calling. Yeah, so in golf, was, <laughs> I can do that for know, a long time. Yeah, exactly. And 
and that's that's the sort of the difference. So it's a slow yeah. mentality, but constantly working on the the thing between the ears and trying to make sure you've got. Um, you know, a big one is just doesn't matter if you're the best fisherman in the world, a Commonwealth champion. That just makes you a good fisherman. It makes you a good boxer. But if you're not a good husband, brother, friend, you know, son, all of those things, then you're not successful. You're just a good boxer, a good fisherman. And lining those things up and getting those good things going in your life and working on being happy, that's when it converts to you being pretty unstoppable in your sort of chosen sport. Yeah, wow. Incredible. So I think we've kept you longer than we said we would, so I apologise for that, but it's been really interesting. And we'll actually, um, I'm sure our team over here will we'll get the, uh, the interview up later with just with uh, with Carl and Chris. So, mate, I really appreciate you uh, dropping in. Again, as you said, like, you know, it's, it is an incredible story. So if people didn't mm. know the story, like the insight you're given to stay in, as you, Steve said, before you get sort of goosebumps thinking about those moments mm. of being present in that or just, just the understanding of the magnitude of, of what uh, you've been able to to achieve and and uh, yeah, so it's great that you're here. Good reason to be here as well. Yep. <laughs> so we look forward to Sunday. <laughs> so and um, but yeah, no, all the best to, to yourself and Chris. All the best with your wedding. I'm sure I'll see you very soon on the golf course. <laughs> I get back from honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get through Sunday first for you. But yeah, so that that's a so all the best with that. I ask you quickly. Say every boxer has a comeback. Not many boxers retire once. You're done. Yeah, the only time I think about it is when I'm running on a treadmill, like you start running, you think, I'm feeling all right. Like the first probably kilometre, I'm coming back. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm bringing Smitty, I'm back. And then about 1.6k in, I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Treadmill these days, mate, not out around the road. It's too hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bit flatter on the treadmill too, isn't it? On, there's yeah. there's, yeah. So, there's signs telling me I'm not mentally tough enough to come back. There's a few signs here, but you never know. What's that? One of them running on a treadmill in the yeah, aircon. Yeah, it's too hard to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> you can jump off the treddy. <laughs> yeah, do all yeah. Sorts of things, you can so. call an Uber home. Yeah. <laughs> too. all those sorts of things. But no, it's been uh, been awesome. So appreciate uh, your time, and we can't wait to to follow the journey. And let's hope that you know next time you're over, we can talk to you about winning a couple more big events this year. Yeah. No, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, yeah, always any chance I can get to get fishing and and the sport out there, and appreciate you guys having us on. Sweet. So that's uh, Carl Jockinson and Chris George joining us. We'll take a break. More on the semi-pros up next. Summer has arrived at Smithy's TGW Gym with new morning operating hours. Come and make use of our fully functional gym. We have a full range of cardio, weights and boxing equipment at your disposal. You can also soak up the atmosphere in our historic cafe with a coffee and toast for $5, along with a free five-day gym pass for you or a friend. Summer is here, so drop into Smithy's TGW Gym today. 65 Anzac Avenue, Toowoomba. At the Southern Hotel, our Sunday steak special has been so popular, we want to offer it on Saturday too. 180 gram rump mignon, 400 gram New York cut T-bone, or a huge 500 gram grain-fed rump. All for just $23.95. It's better at the Southern. Just, just about do, mate. Surely, there you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros, the semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, you the stole.
Thanks for joining us back on the Semi Pros. What a great story! Is that it's been, um, you know, you, we've followed Carl's journey and, and Joel. We've you know, had a bit to do with him here, bits and pieces here and there. But to see the way he talks and the emotion, I thought he was only going to tear up again. Yeah, on that story, like. so passionate, isn't he? Oh, loves it. Yeah, 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 and about just pushing the message about fishing and the opportunities that it creates and the love for it and the, the thrills you can get for it. And we spoke about work ethic with Kobe and like. Yeah. That didn't ring so far from from what he's talking about and getting out there doing sun up to sundown fishing, mm. getting their sixteen hour days, doing the yeah. work. That's the same as getting in the gym, shooting hoops. And I, I don't think we do realise over here the magnitude of what he has achieved, really, mm. in uh, in mm. over there. So talk about following his story as well. It's you know, obviously having that bit to do with him uh, over the years, James have you know, you and I both jumped on his Instagram and followed him on there, but if you don't already, get on there and follow him because it's yeah. uh, it's amazing the stuff that he does put up day to day. You think, gee, where's this bloke's out and, you know, running in the morning and then all of a sudden he's out in the boat and, you know, teaming down rain at one point and Yeah. I don't know if he ever sleeps or not, but... And just a good guy. Yeah, as champion. He, as, he, as he displayed there, like that, that fundraising, that's a, that's an amazing effort. So, yes, and a great to have Carl Jockinson in the studio with us. And we'll share up that... Uh, that particular interview a little bit later, very much uh, well worth watching for anyone that uh, that missed it, that's for sure. Righto, boys, what are we doing? Something. Southern Hotel, the shot clock. Southern Hotel, it's Super Bowl on Monday, so they're gearing up for their big Super Bowl uh, celebrations. It should be a, a massive day at the Southern, so if you're looking for somewhere to go, the Super Bowl, Southern Hotel's the go. So head out and see the team there. They'll be all geared up for that, but this is the Southern Hotel shot clock. Righto. Joel's come up with this good, great topic. Now, I'm probably going to assume this is based off a few things we've seen in tennis this week, but just the old, how did they pull that off? Like, we saw Federer, what did he say? Seven match points at mm. one stage there. The young week. Coco. Uh, yes, they defeated the same thing. Did like Yeah. Even that. Yeah, we've seen some amazing uh, things. And then, unfortunately, from an Aussie point of view, watching what happened with uh, John Millman, like Federer. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. 8 4. Yeah, he's that up. One, that he's a was. super tiebreaker in the fifth, and he's got dust at 10 8. Oh, how did he do that? Yeah, like exactly. You might have to do And then he did something similar the other night. He saved seven match points, would have said. So he's had a couple of Houdini efforts, so he might do it again here. But anyway, how'd they pull that off? Wins. Uh, cricket, Joel, 24 seconds. You're on the clock. Yeah, I'm going uh, the Poms. Third, uh, third Ashes game last year at Headingley. Oh, yeah. Remember old Ben Stokes and uh, Jack Weech, yeah. number ten. Old uh, Unbelievable. old Stokes, one hundred and thirty-five, not out. One of the best innings you'll ever Unbelievable. see. Unbelievable. How they pull that off? I'll never know. Kept them alive in the Ashes. The Aussies were counting their pennies, thinking they had them done and dusted, but uh, not to be. Stokes and Weech. Yeah, that was incredible. Mine. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going a little bit left field, and it's more. How did they? Well, how did they pull that off, meaning how did they lose the heat a few weeks ago when they lost 10 for oh, about 10? gee whiz. I can't remember who they played, but how... So I'm nearly going to turn the other way. How they lost that is well, still beyond me. The Renegades. Renegades, yeah. How, like they were how did the Renegades pull it off? Gone. Yeah. But I don't really think they deserve credit for pulling it no, off. No, that's right. they were handed that. That's why I said it was more yeah. going now though at the heat. Just ridiculous. Capitulation. So, capitulation and a half. Steve, what have you come up with here? Gone Australia versus India back in 2001. Steve Waugh's men were dominating India at the time and they, they had a 10-wicket win in Mumbai. Then a fortnight later at Eden Gardens, rolled up with a 274-run first 
innings lead. And I don't know whether they enforced a follow-on or they might have batted first and just had that uh, batted second, had that lead. But anyway, India have come out and they've... Uh, VVS Laxman's would on 282 with Dravid yeah. 180, 376 run. Incredible. Declared seven down for 657, lead of 384. Yeah. And, uh, and that was just before day five, so day five pitch in, uh, in India. Yeah. And... Uh, They've taken the Aussies ten wickets in the last seventy overs. So just before lunch declared and uh, unbelievable, leveled one, up yeah. the series. There's been a few. I just want to quickly. I was remembering one now. I can't remember. It was sort of in the verge of um, one day cricket in South Africa. I think we scored about four hundred. Mm. I remember then. I thought, oh well, and South Africa creased them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and did it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, did it in about like the forty fourth over or something, yeah. or something like that. Like four hundred, like Australia made four hundred and something like that. So yeah, there's been some incredible ones there. But anyway, what's our next basketball? How'd they pull that off, Joel? Who I'm going the uh, ninety seven NBA final series game five, Jordan the flu game yeah. against the Jazz. That was uh, that was a bit of a one of those moments. How did they pull that off, Jordan with the flu? Your main man, five points, got red hot. Let's talk about endurance and uh, will to win. Will. Yeah. yeah. How'd they pull that off? You'll never know, but the balls. The balls. What do you got? Can I go to the Maruchidor Clippers? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Back in the glory days no. of the Mountaineers. It probably I remember this 2000s, game. I think. We Water were, Street. Yeah, Water Street. Bright coloured haired man. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So uh, Brad Williamson oh. was the killer. I think this nine, we were up 14, and we hadn't won this season, I don't think. So scored about 50. Yeah, yeah scored about 50. We're up 14 at two or three minutes to go, and <laughs> somehow, Brad... <sighs> <laughs> That's just a typical, how'd they pull that off? I don't know what happened. It's a blur. <laughs> were you guarding him? No. Nobody was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah, but anyway, no. So, the Clippers, somehow, they... Yeah. Okay. Mine, mine, pants down. Yeah. Mine was, um, and I was there in the Boston Garden. Boston played Houston. Oh, I remember you were nearly going to leave, weren't you? And I was going to leave. I said to Aaron, we're there. And then, anyway, so Harden. Um, a couple of years ball, ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Two years. So not last year before. Yeah. So um, at the Garden, and the Rockets were just hot. They led by 35 or something, I think it was. So led by over 30 at the half. Everything like Harden hit every step back, and then PJ Tucker. It was just ridiculous. And then oh, I run out of time. Anyway, so but the, the Celtics came back because, and I'm serious. I was said I was like, oh, it was very very cold. I was gonna say, to Aaron, we'll go. I said, I thought, oh, if they don't get anywhere near twenty or something, we'll go. And anyway, yeah, they've come back and they've won. Like they and Houston just went as they do, went ice cold. It was and the, the, the Al Horford hit like a little bank shot. I remember to uh, to win the game like in the dying seconds. Crowd went nuts, and I was like, well, hell, they did that. Uh, come back from 35 points down. Um, league, how'd they pull that off? League, what do you got, Joel? 2015 GF, Cowboys. Yeah. The last yeah. 20, 30 seconds, last play of the game. Michael Morgan, draw pass. Kyle Felt in the corner, your beauty. First number on the sideline, misses the kick. Ben Hunt drops his marbles, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Thurston... It's all she wrote. How'd they ever pull that off? Yeah. Thanks for Wasn't coming. was a good game? Oh, best. Yeah. Best grand final in history. League. Should I go, Steve? Or yeah? No, I got one here. Yep, yep. Yep. Last year, Saturday, the 2nd of November, might have been Friday, the 1st of November, Tonga beats the Kangaroos. Yeah. 
Don't know how. Don't know how that ever happened. Tonga, what is there? A couple of thousand, twenty thousand people in Tonga. I don't know. Unreal. That, like that big moment. Out and big they've, moment. they've toppled the uh, the minnows. There's, there's probably a lot more of people in Tonga. Anyone out there? <laughs> let us know. <laughs> My geography skill and it was real good. So anyway, but yeah, that's a how how that happened. Mine is, and I was saying before, I can't remember, whatever, the first year Queensland went on the streak of winning all of the, the Origins, that, that game three, we were down. I can't remember how many we were down, but anyway, we were going for all sorts. And that was it. We scored a try, still going for all sorts. And then Brett Hodgson threw that pass along the ground back to, I don't know who, Lockyer's Lockyer, thanks through, for coming. Yeah, picked it up, scored under the sticks, we win. And how the hell they did that is unbelievable. But two... Talk about turning points in history of Queensland origin. Like that potentially was a turning point in origin. Because we get beat there, Lockyer. They said Lockyer was gone. Price, like, you know, Petro, mm. they're all gone, basically. Skin them all. Yeah, need to start again. So, and what happened then? Start of the dynasty. Dominated. Yep. Um, Union, rugby. How'd they do that? 2015 World Cup pool match. I reckon this is the biggest in test match history. When Japan, 34, beat South Africa, 32. I think it was 2015. Yeah. That was England World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. Rugby Union. So, yeah, that's for me. Japs, 34. Saffirs, 32. Who'd they beat last year? England? The Japanese. England? They beat England? They pull off another one. Yeah, they did another one because that was mine. <laughs> I'm just looking for it on Google. But <laughs> can't find it. So, last year, the Japs. Yeah, they beat... The Japanese, I should say. They beat somebody. I found one here. Here's mine, right? This is this is um this is good, real good. Probably unfamiliar with either either of these teams. So they compete in the South African Varsity Cup. You know it? Mm. Well, no, well. <laughs> Follow it. Big follower. Back in twenty fourteen, so five minutes from time, NWU Puke were leading thirty three fifteen. Right? So mm. five minutes from time. So game's obviously done, finished, whatever else like that. Um but they've scored three tries in quick succession and got up in five minutes. That's similar to your story with the Mountaineers and Brad Williamson. Mm. Like that can't happen. 33, 15, yeah. five to go. You're home. Yeah. Apparently not. Yeah. Got another one? No, Japan versus Ireland it was last Ireland. year. Yeah. Yeah. Ireland. Ireland. Soccer. Greatest comebacks, Joel. You should be leading us here. Yeah, well, the biggest, how'd they pull that off? Leicester City, 2015, 2016, Premier League champions. At uh, the nice succulent odds of 5,000 to 1, if you don't mind. Absolute minnows of the league. Out of nowhere, just dominate the whole season. Win. To win the Premier League, 2015, 2016. How they ever did that? Well, I'm glad you went that way because I thought you would. So I thought I'll, better, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I found this one. This one is, you probably know this one as well, 2012. Jeez, he's cutting you off a bit, isn't he? Yeah. He's off you. Okay, that's me. No, nah, assuming that's the end of yours. 2012, um, Reading versus Arsenal. Yep. Any bells? Um, the Gunners came back from 4 0 down after 37 minutes to win 7 5 in extra time to advance to the quarterfinals of the Capital One Cup. 4 0 after 37 minutes, and you come back and win. Still a lot of game left, though, isn't there? Just pumped seven into them. <laughs> yeah. Had a big second half, that's the boys. A, and they still let in another one. <laughs> so it mean 7 5. I was like, wow, that's fair effort. Steve? What have you come up with? Oh, a big FA Cup fan myself in uh, 1989. Sutton United have knocked off Coventry. Unbelievable. It was, it was an absolute <laughs> mayhem over there. The Sutton United fans were going ballistic and they could not believe they did it. And I still don't know how it happened. 
<laughs> yourself, you're over there supporting them mm. right all the way through. Big Sutton man over here. Big John <laughs> Sutton man over. Southern Hotel Shot Clock, how'd they pull that off? Tennis. As we talked about, we've seen a few this week already, maybe. Joel, what are you running with? Oh, mate. Only because I don't like the bloke, but uh, <laughs> when Istamin beat Djokovic in 2017, I was open second round. Istamin, 117 in the world versus uh, the world number two at the time. Obviously, top th- in top three, greatest of his generation. Four hours, 48 minutes later. 117 in the world. Bowls him out. Catch you later. Nice. Mm. Steve? Yeah, I'm going to go Roger the other night. How did he win after, after against, was it Sanginga San, San or something? There? Anyway, the, the US guy. I like, I like what he, yeah, well, Milman. Tennis. Then again, his name was Tennis. But then um, I like his Twitter today. He's like, how many shots do you have to have for every match point you've, uh, <laughs> you've dropped? You've butchered <laughs> against, uh, against Roger Federer. So. Thought that was good. He would have had a lot of shots too. Would be pretty <laughs> good drinking game. Pretty, that one pretty point. intoxicated. <laughs> okay, mine. Twenty seconds. I'm going to need about forty-eight seconds. This is one of my favourite stories of all time. Goran, even is it? Won Wimbledon back in oh, was it 2013? So Goran, as we know, was the madman and all that sort of stuff. Went. So the story goes, uh, got a wild card at Wimbledon because obviously he had because of his big serve and they did a good record on the grass. Um, got a wild card in there, started gaining a bit of momentum, started going all right, and all of a sudden he got a bit of attention and, and he was sort of saying, yeah, well, give me a minute, and said, God wants me to win. Like God, that was his, he believed that God wanted him to win. That was what he kept kept saying. He got to the semi-finals. He played Agassi, I think, from memory. He was down like two sets of love or something. The rain came, so I had a delay. Came out the next day, beat him. He said, God sent the rain. Do you know he, do you know he played in the final? Rafter? Yep, mm. Pat Rafter. And he's rolled Pat Rafter and won Wimbledon. And again, yeah. Five-hour you know, thriller or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So poor old Aussie Pat had to be on the receiving end there. But how he won that, and that's one of that's one of my favourite stories of um, sort of what Carl's told before, what mindset people set their mind to mm. now. Like that, like whatever you believe or don't believe or who you worship or don't worship, if a bloke genuinely in their believes, mind, it, that's believes right. God wants them to win, it's pretty powerful. You're pretty hard to beat. Like he genuinely obviously believed that. So the story goes, folklore. But yeah, he won Wimbledon. Never heard of again. Just disappeared back into the abyss. Goran. Goran. That's the shot clock for the Southern Hotel. Remember what I was saying? Uh, on uh, Monday. Get down there for Super Bowl. You got a tip for Super Bowl or what? Chiefs. Remember Chiefs? we did that a couple of weeks back. Chiefs 49ers yeah, just, we all went. Just checking. I'm still on them. I'm, on, I'm still on the San, San Fran boys. I think it was three versus one. I was the only one on the Chiefs, so fingers crossed we can get them over the line. Who are you with, G? You supporting? He had the boy. beanie, remember? Yeah, he had 49ers. The 49ers. beanie as a kid. Yep. So you're on the 49er wagon. After you. Righto. Get down Monday morning. A few wings, a few brewskis. Yeah, it'd be a big day. Monday morning. Super I wish Bowl. it was this Monday just gone. Coopers. Yeah, wouldn't that have been it? Budweiser. Yes, I would have been there then. Transferred Australia Day to Super Bowl Day. Like as in the holiday. Yeah. So head down to Southern Hotel. Might get around to change the date. The home for live. Or well, the holiday date. Yeah. The holiday was different to the actual date. It was That's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So get down to the Southern. Um, Home for live sport, and they've got massive things going on there for the 
Super Bowl. Take a break. Repeat sets up next. At the Southern Hotel, our Sunday steak special has been so popular, we want to offer it on Saturday too. 180 gram rump mignon, 400 gram New York cut T-bone, or a huge 500 gram grain-fed rump. All for just $23.95. It's better at the Southern. Toowoomba Together wants to break the silence by empowering our sporting clubs to join together and embed social change. Do we accept abusing players or officials? Not in our club. Do we accept verbal, physical or mental abuse towards women, men or our kids? Not in our club. Do we accept foul language? Not in our club. Not in our club. Not, Not in, in our, our club. club. Joining us on the semi pros is our summer edition. Share the feed, like the show, tell us what you think, all that sort of stuff. Thanks to all of our sponsors that make uh, our show possible. So, both this and Racing Nation, wonderful to have support of all of our uh, sponsors. So, uh, thanks to those that support us on the show. Another one of those coming up next who present Repeat Set Elite Cryotherapy, Leon Spain and the team. Pop down and see the guys there. Repeat set, righto. Can Djokovic be beat? Yep. <laughs> tonight or in general? Hopefully tonight. Yep. Like I said, I don't like the bloke, so hopefully he gets rolled tonight. On the tonight. Express, on the Federer. Yeah, but I reckon I'm going old Dominic Team Team yeah. to, to win it. To win it. Right. Hopefully. Yep. Good lad, hits it hard. I'm Team Team. Team Team. <laughs> Steve? I think he'll win, so I guess that means no. I don't <laughs> think he can be beat. Um, I think you'll think he'll account for Federer quite convincingly, and then I do you? Yeah, I don't. Federer. I think time might be catching up with Roger. Uh, so and he's pulled just, off a couple of Houdinis. He can't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's a different beast as going up to Kyrgios and uh, that unseated American um, and and the mailman. Norman. So, Kyrgios yeah, yeah. played Nadal. Oh, did he? <laughs> Kyrgios. If he did play Kyrgios, he would have had probably a tough five-setter against him as well. Would Kyrgios would have beat Federer, so he's probably lucky. Um, yeah, don't disagree, actually. Yeah. No, I don't, I, no, I don't think he can be beat. I, and I think whoever he – who's in the other one? Um, Zarev and um, your man. Team. Team. Um, I just think it'll be too much of an occasion for them. And Djokovic was just steamrolled. I think so. I agree with you 100% actually. I Rogers you know we all support the Aussie in all due respect but Milman and this other bloke that he what's his name that he saved the match points he said like yeah unseeded tennis is his first name. We'll just call him tennis. <laughs> tennis, tennis. tennis. Djokovic is not going to give him those no opportunities. No. You wouldn't think, would you? Would I be fair in saying that? Like no. He's had an easier run too. 100%. Joker. Exactly right. Even And Rogers had a fiddle injury concerns coming yeah, up as well. He's under a day. cloud as well too. I see their uh, pop-up in my vivid research. So there's our, uh, there's our. Um, I don't think that's how you spell Djokovic, but you've worked it out. Can Djokovic be beat? It's popped up in our um, poll. 
could be beat. Yep. Tell us what you think. I yeah, I know. No, can't be beat. Um, we were talking about Kobe a little bit earlier. There's a petition or a, a push, I guess. Should the NBA change the logo, logo, so the NBA logo, to honour the Kobe, Kobe Bryant fadeaway? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm all for that. I think it's a good idea. Be a nice little touch. So it's a yes, yes for, for me, Steve. I don't think so. I don't think a like a, a league that's got that much tradition. Like, what's the, what's it going to achieve? What's it really for? Um, the logo is pretty good. It's pretty synonymous with the NBA. Like, there's a lot of things, and Kobe deserves to be honoured. But I, yeah. don't, I don't think that's probably not the thing to do. Ask you a question, and I'll say this in all due respect: If he was alive, would you be changing the logo to feature him? No, I think it's probably just the circumstances that surrounding yep. it. You know what I mean? So, but a, a, an iconic image as such as that, mm. I think. For example, I was thinking about this when you posed this question. I and as I said, I agree he's got to be honoured in some way because he was one of the greats of the game. But I thought maybe I don't know who the scoring title's named after, yeah. or if it is named after somebody. But that, to me, would possibly be quite a... Sentimental. Significant, you know, the Kobe mm. Bryant trophy for yeah, scoring champion. Mm. Um, and again, as I said, I, uh, yeah. He, he got a fair bit of traction, though, the old logo change, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like yeah, it. it. But awesome. I just I just feel, yeah, this is the same sort of thing. Like, I understand the circumstances. It's, 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 it's tragic, and he absolutely needs to be honoured. And I think we've seen a lot of that in the way that's occurred in the last few... Um, the last week with all the different games and stuff. But in terms of something like that, of an iconic image of the... Representing all of the of the NBA, um, you know, like as I said, say he's alive and you say, okay, we're going to put either Michael Jordan or Kobe or LeBron, dare I say it, or whoever. Would you Bird, Magic, mm. Doctor mm. J, plenty of them? Yeah, that's right. The list sort of you know um, goes on with 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 in terms of if you do something like that, but I I I think he has to be absolutely. Has to be honoured, and well, he will. The first ballot Hall of Fame, hundred percent. Yeah, isn't that sad though? Mm. Yeah, we don't get to see his speech now. I remember watching Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, I remember running it in me bloody MySpace bio or something at the time. <laughs> Part and parcel of it. Yeah. So never say never because limits like fears are often just an illusion. That's what he finished on. Yeah, I've watched it a few times. Yeah, mate, love it. Yeah, no, well said, well said. So yeah, so anyway, that's. That's uh, we'll see what happens with that uh, in terms of if, any, if anything does come of that, or if they look to if they look to implement that. Um, we're still on the the Kobe thing here. So in lieu of talk about talk about honouring him, you can't do much more than what the Dallas Mavericks have done. They've retired the number twenty four jersey, never played for them, had no mm. association with them, carved them to bits plenty <laughs> of times. Basically, like they had nothing to do with that, but um, they basically came out and retired the twenty four. The twenty-four jersey, so they as an organisation, mm. so it hasn't come down to individual. Mark Cuban said that hasn't come down to individual saying, "Well, I wear eight or twenty-four. I'm going to change in honour of." This is the organisation basically saying, "No one will ever wear twenty-four in our organisation." So, should the NBA enforce or whatever you say, every club follow suit? That's the question. Should every club retire the twenty-four jersey? Obviously, it's already at Lakers as is, of course, but. Mm. Now it's been retired from the, the Mavs. Mavs. So it's one of those hard ones too because obviously he ran the two numbers for a while too, didn't he? Yep. The eight and the 24. So and he'd like to have two numbers retired. That's right. Mm. So it's it's a real tricky one, but 
Yeah, I reckon they 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 should. I reckon it'll be a again a nice touch. Good way to honour him and remember him. So two yes from me, Steve. Mind you, I'm the biggest Kobe fan yeah. going too. The main reason I like basketball. So back in '97. No, no, not really. I don't think it, they should enforce the follow. Whether it's something that's like the unwritten law that players have Just an understanding that you don't do it, I think that'd carry more meaning than you than an association telling them you can't do that. Yeah, to guys have the, uh, I suppose the uh, desire to respect the number that he wore and and not do that. Yeah. Um, That'd be more than someone telling you that, no, you can't wear it. It sort of loses its... Yeah. I'm on the same pattern. So, did you see... I forget his name. Didn't Whittle? No, no, no. He did change. Yeah, Spencer. Didn't Whitty. No, a young bloke. He's from the place of the Pacers. He wears 24. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm not going to change my number because growing up, I had two um, idols or two God, Mm. Kobe. Yeah. That's why he exactly plays right. twenty four, and then then mm. so he, he's actually so he probably feels well. I'm actually honouring him already, and, I, and this is how my honour him because he was. That's right. Yeah, God didn't play the game or have a number. So, mm. and you think every kid going around That's exactly who, who sees that it is probably coming through basketball wearing the Kobe shoes wants to wear twenty four. So what do you to get to a point? Can't wear twenty four. Anyway, mm. like I think it's all heat of the moment sort of stuff, exactly. and, and when everything's yeah. fresh, it it, it is um, all the these world. things come out. Yeah. You want to do everything, and it, it just shows the, the respect that everyone has for him. But I don't think, I don't think you really need to to enforce that anyway. If somebody wishes not to, a team wishes not to, and exactly, yeah. exactly is, is probably no right or wrong answer to it. Yeah. Really, in many ways, yeah. is there? So, but I uh, yeah, I think it should come down to a personal choice if, if clubs want to. Like remember. Um, well, like LeBron obviously um, changed his mind. Because remember, there was a, there was sort of a that's why he sw- switched from twenty three to six in terms of because of Jordan. They mm, said you know yeah. no one should wear twenty three, but he obviously then you know he went back to two three twenty three. So yeah, I don't know. So um, no, I I'm, I'm yeah I I don't think it should be something reinforced, but I think it should be something there where because as I said that I thought I saw that and I thought well that's a really um, nice touch that young forget his name now as I said. If plays with the paces or whatever, he, he basically gets what he said. He said, mm. "I actually I wear I wore I chose twenty four because of him, yeah, because of Kobe." That's just what he said. He said, "I had two idols growing up: God and Kobe." Pretty solid, yeah. Putting him on the same pedestal. So that's why he wears twenty four. So, yeah. What do you think of the amount of guys that wear twenty three because of Jordan? And exactly. In every sport, see Warney and all yes. the, the good guys, Beckham, and like yeah, no seven Beckham, twenty three Beckham. There's probably mm. guys in other sports that do that. Because of Kobe as Ronaldo, well. Messi, that's right. Yeah, that wear that that number. So you probably in many ways you're remembering him more by mm. wearing the actual by wearing the number. Yeah, yeah. Every time you see it, like if you didn't see it, you you fade into. A, I'd say you get forgetting about, forgotten about. But yeah, exactly. people don't. Every time they see it, it's like, ah, there's Kobe's number. Yeah, <laughs> best bloke to wear twenty four cents or yeah, um, you know. That, but things like that, and even I thought, like you know, you saw a couple of guys here. It's still like Joel, Joel Embiid wore twenty four for one game. Mm. Yeah, like, and hit a fadeaway for yeah. his twenty fourth point. Yeah, like that's yeah, you can't make this stuff up. So, so there's an example. I mean, would you know wearing it once or yeah, tiring it or but yeah. So, 
Um, Nick Kyrgios, as we saw, walked it walked out with a Kobe jersey on. Eight on. Um, Novak Djokovic had it on his warm up mm. jacket and stuff. So yeah, okay. Now cricket. Starting to think now this is going. I was like, is this still going? You know, like I think. Mm, oh, so am I. So am I. Big bash. There's five. I can't even tell you who's in it, but I'm stars, sixes, strikers, canes, strikers, and the heat aren't thunder. Mm. There you go. Right. Okay. Um, well, I'll start then. I said when we asked this question halfway through the season, I said the um, strikers. So they're there. So I think they'll win it. I don't know where they finished in the five, but they're in the five, and they got a good team. Mm. And Adelaide's a belter of a deck. To bat on, obviously, as we saw the other night. Even though they got beat. But, yeah, strikers. I think um, I've got a good blend and I've sort of, you know, been on the bandwagon of the strikers ever since I've watched them play somebody. Melbourne, down at the Gold Coast. Strikers for me. Yep. What do you got? Who? Who are you on? Uh, throw a dart at the dartboard sort of stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Anyone can win it. Isn't one of the semis on tonight? Yeah, stars elimi- are playing. Eliminator. Were they? There you go. S- sixes. So Sydney Sixes. Sixes? Steve Smith. Right. Yeah, I was going to go Sixes, but I won't now. I'll go. <laughs> who's the other team? Well, we can't pick Melbourne because yeah. they're Melbourne. They're the Hurricanes. They yeah, need a lot of luck. But if uh, Darcy's short mm. and who's the other opener? Wade. Yeah, Wade. How good was Waffles oh. Wade in? <laughs> He's absolutely belting it. And they've, they've got a good bat line. They've got McDermott yeah. to get a few runs. Yeah. and um, George Bailey? Yeah, yeah Bailey. Yeah. And they're, look, they're not too bad. I think their bowling lacks a little bit at the moment. But um, ah, he's, I'll go for them. He's going to need to. The, it is on now. So Sydney Thunder are playing the Hurricanes right now. The Eliminator? Yeah, the Eliminator from Blunson Arena and Hobart. And the Thunder are uh, none for 102 off 9.2. Who's got them? Uh, Kawaj has got 54 of 33, and Hales is 46 off 23. They could be chasing a million. <laughs> Short boundaries <laughs> down there, though. So, so they are pumping it at Good the moment. Good watching. Mm. Yeah, I, oh, I answered, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> Adelaide. Okay, so that's a look at Repeat Set, sponsored by Elite Cryotherapy. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show. We'll have a look at our rocks and diamonds, and I don't think we picked a winner this year. No, we haven't. I'm the only one that's had to collect because it was scratched. Cash back. That, that doesn't really count though, does it? Or does it? So we'll take a break. No, we'll doesn't. be back to wrap up the show. Hi guys, Lockie here from Hogan's Family Jewelers. Today we're looking at how you select that perfect diamond. We need to consider the four C's. Cut, colour, clarity and carat weight. In terms of discussing the cut of a diamond, we need to consider the aspects of the qualities of cut. At Hogan's we only source triple excellent cut diamonds. In terms of colour, we look for the perfect white stone. We saw stones from a D through to a G in colour, the top four colour gradings. Clarity is another really important factor in selecting your diamond. We don't want to look at the diamond every day and see inclusions or marks in the stones that distract from the beauty of the piece. The final of the four C's is carat weight. A lot of people believe that a diamond's value is based just on its carat weight. This isn't truly the case. It's a combination of all the four C's put together. There's one final hidden factor that I need to discuss about finding the perfect diamond. It's called fluorescence. When she wears the ring in natural sunlight, UV light, where the diamond is supposed to sparkle at its optimum level, you don't want any reaction. You don't want the diamond to go foggy or a milky colour or even an 
a little neon blue sort of tinge through the diamond. This is why we only sell nil fluorescence diamonds and make sure that that diamond stays crystal clear whether you're indoors or outdoors, there'll be no reaction to natural sunlight. Fluorescence is one of the largest factors of devaluing a diamond. Be careful, out there you might find diamonds that seem cheap, but truly they're going to be cheap for a reason. At Hogan's, we prefer our clients to experience superior quality diamonds. We only source the highest grade of GIA certified diamonds. That's the Gemological Institute of America, the harshest grading lab in the world. Some of you may have done some research on diamonds before and may fully understand the four C's. But if not, we've got knowledgeable staff that will help you and guide you through selecting the perfect diamond. At the end of the day, it's all about quality and at Hogan's, we prefer quality. Thanks for joining us on the Semi Pros. Big thanks to Hogan's Family Jewelers for supporting us here. They present our Rocks on Diamonds segment. Watching the Semi Pros. There's just three of us here tonight. So Troy's away overseas or somewhere. Mm. Japan. On the bullet train. He's big in Japan. <laughs> yeah. He's on the bullet train right now. Okay. Um, Hogan's Family Jewelers Rocks and Diamonds of the Week. You're keen. You've got keen as he's chomping at the bit. What do you want? Which one? Rock, rock. Yeah, right, yeah. go. You're on. Remember the old cuddly goalkeeper in Goldberg from the. Oh. <laughs> remember him from uh, Knuckle Puck. Yeah, that's him. No, that, no, he was the goalie. The Knuckle keeper, Russ, someone. Little. But yeah, the same movie Goldberg is what I'm getting. Go back to keeper. Goldberg was the keeper. keeper. Yeah, he didn't do the Knuckle Puck. That was the he other did. American kid that was in the second movie. Team USA, all the way. All the way. I know it well. Anyway, Russ I'm Tyler. <laughs> he was a knuckle. Greg Goldberg. Man. Anyway, anyway, yeah. AKA uh, Sean Weiss from the Weiss Factory. <laughs> if you missed this, gee whiz, he's got done for uh, burglary and under the influence of meth. If you, if, you, if you see a comparison, of what he used to look like to what he looks like now, oh. good heavens! Uh, yeah, he got he's released lost a bit. Oh, he's done a bit. He's done a bit of weight cutting. Got released, and after 12 days back in uh, society, he's uh, got nabbed, and he's doing 90 days in the big house. Old Goldberg. The goalie. The old, gone. The old well, child superstar to the, yeah, drug fiend. Mine's actually similar, but kind of not. Did you see uh, Delonte West, speaking of flexi? Yeah, oh, yeah. Appearance yes, and what they look like, and... So for those who know the story with Delonte West, now he's an NBA. Uh, again, like like a lot of stories that come out of America or the world, anyway, sport where grew up in poverty, et cetera, et cetera, made um, basketball, gave him a life for a living. He made, you know, he's earning millions of dollars. Obviously, he was in the Cleveland Cavaliers in LeBron's, LeBron's first stint there. Um, that all ended unceremoniously with some of the wildest rumours that ever existed in the NBA. <laughs> if you don't know them, have a look. It's... Yeah, insane. But anyway, so footage emerged has emerged in recent times. He's back, like on the well, he's homeless on the streets, homeless. And same thing, like you said before, Jolly. He didn't have the he didn't have the frame of a Goldberg. But if you saw his appearance, 
And I, it's probably a, it's probably not a good thing to have as a rock of the week, but it's just a sad thing to yeah. see. And, and it just I just sort of thought about how much it shows. Like we we're talking to Carl before about America and you know the glitz, the glamour, the rich that comes with it, the the reward that can be there if you're good enough in your chosen sport. Like a Delonte West who's come from nothing, from ne- you know the out of the slums. You know, look at Mike Tyson. Mm. All that. It's mm. just you go over and over and over these stories, but um, it also has a way as a, as a country where it just seems to spit them back out and they end up back, I suppose, worse off than where they probably were before they even found fame. So Delonte West is on the streets, homeless, obviously um, got all sorts of issues going on. He was like footage emerged of him basically getting flogged in the middle of the highway by some like I don't know, like almost like a road rage incident and he just looked Yeah, I've seen that. It was sad. Pretty cook crook. Yeah. Terrible. Cooked so as well, I think. Yeah. No, oh, he was, yeah, yeah. But it goes on, like he, he said, even during his career, he never really got out of that lifestyle. He yeah. just had millions of dollars to sustain it. Just, that yeah. doesn't last forever when you... Look at Lamar Odom, you know, same yeah. sort of yeah. thing. Like he's, you know, he ended up on death's door. Rehab and at plenty the, of them do it. At the, mm. at, the, at the brothel, you know, at yeah. an overdose. Like just, yeah, things like that. But mm. anyway, so yeah, as I said, it was a bit of a sad one to put it that way, but I just thought, yeah, Delonte West, Rock of the... Week, maybe sorts himself out. Him mm. and Golbo together. Yeah, check him in. Yeah, mm. Steve. Yeah, well, I'll um, go. Light, you can lighten the mood. No, what is throw? No, I won't even go there. <laughs> Controversial. Uh, Brisbane Heat uh, oh, last good. game of the year. Wow. Like that, that. So this was the last game, the last BBL game. They knew their destiny was out on hands. Had to win. So one, they've changed the team up. Pick Layla's been their opening bat for their opening bowl, sorry, for every game. And so they drop him. Your man. Bring in Prestwich. Yeah. Oh, gee whiz. Prestwich could be at the end. Needing dropped. uh, Who did he drop? Who was way. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Finch. Finch. Drop Finch. Finch, Sorry. Dropped Finch on an absolute sitter. Soda. Down his throat, wasn't it? Should have eaten that, but he didn't. And then the next. Over when they're sort of they were still in it. They need I think they needed ten off six balls, something like that, and the yeah. old through the legs boundary. Oh, uh-huh. absolute killer! And then Finch <laughs> just another gift. And then I it. think next ball Finch back back to six, didn't he? So yeah, off cutting all over. Yeah, oh, and Your cutting, <laughs> cutting bowling. I was just like, and he's going to bowl the last over. Cutting. I was yeah. Like, oh. Turn walk, her off. Shake hands. Walk Turn her the off. Field. You guys have done us. You need 10 off of Ben cutting over. He'll gift that to you himself. Did oh, he, I don't know. Did he bowl your last over? The grammar game last Yeah, well, week? He, a similar type. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Huey cutting. Come on. And it's got the same result. So, yeah. yeah. Double yep. rocks. Double rocks. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, tell us, what was the go there? Your mob. You had him beat the young fellas, didn't you? Yeah. Had him well, rattled. Forty years old, mate, and these young fellas. Yeah, no, they need ten off the last over, and same thing. Yep, yeah, four six. Thanks for coming. <laughs> young fellas are too good. But um, yeah, the heat like that was just. I don't know what happened. And you think what? What was Lehman thinking in the first place? What was? Yeah, I don't know. Say and the, yeah. and then he had Labashain had to bowl the third last over yeah. too. Like he actually bowled all right. Yeah, he bowled all right, but oh, not really. He went for eleven. So put him on for the last over then. When they need 10, you get 11, so it probably doesn't help. But it's just, there was no, I just thought there's no thought. It was just dumb. Yeah. From the heat. Yeah. Mm. And 
I was still, I was sort of, I'm a Heat fan. I was glad they lost because they, they didn't, didn't deserve, deserve it, did they? No. So, I don't Jeez, want, they let some people down. I know. I don't yeah. want to get off topic here, but should what's his name, Lynn, be captain next year? No way. No. He ain't got it there because he's a big hitter. He ain't no got way. a brain. Yeah. And so. he got found out as soon as the the Renegades board on opened up. Well, Lynn's going to open. Oh, we'll open with our spinner. Exactly. See you later. You're out. Yeah. The only teams that uh, Lynn got runs against. They bowled the same as at him exactly. for six overs, and oh, oh, we'd probably spin. He over. likes this, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. But well, they, Andy bowled spin. So what do you think? Like that's, that's the elite level of cricket in Australia. Like, what are these guys thinking? Yeah, exactly. Really? It's not. It's not like <laughs> the old bad old days where there's no footage or something and no one's seen anything. Yeah. When they just oh, roll what's that this spin. guy do? <laughs> oh, he likes that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he likes the ball coming onto the. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, that's probably another topic for another day. What the hell did he do? But he. That's one thing I think. That, Someone needs to even get to him and say, look, just stand down. And just say, you're going to concentrate on swinging the willow. You're going to yeah. stand down a skipper. Yeah. And then they bring in, I don't know who, to be honest, though. But they need a clean. Hopesy. They need a clean. Oh, then, yeah, it's got to be. They yeah. just You can't make finals two out of nine years when you have the talent that they have. No. Nah. Well, that's what I mean. Like I was saying, go through it. Look at, look at the side that they had. Even AB, what about the shot he's trying to play there? What are you doing, son? Mm, he's yeah. just come out here going, cha-ching. Well, he's been a failure, hasn't he? Oh, he's got a few runs, but... Come on. They'll, go on, they'll, go, on, they'll go on better with the young Pom. Mm. Yeah. Banton. Mm. Why? Because he sort of took a bit of pressure off Lynn. Mm. Mm. They, yeah, I think the one shining light for him was Renshaw. Jeez, he improved this he year. He did, yeah. A lot. Mm. So, But anyway, that's um whatever you were talking about. That's your uh, Rock of the Week. D- Diamond of the Week. What do you got? On the oh, I'm going the, uh, on the brighter side. The wild card Woodies. These boys here, Luke Saville and Max Purcell. Yeah. First all-Australian men's pairing since Woodbridge and Woodford to make a Grand Slam final in 98. Wild cards, they were. And they're into the final. Into the all-men's uh, doubles final. Nice. The old wild card woodies. So that's my diamond of the week. Will be represented in some format. Brilliant. The woodies. Steve, what have you got? Have you got something there? Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, I good. screenshotted one. I was gonna, this is on the tennis as well. Um, and the other semi-final, Alex Zverev. And uh, initially, before I think before the um, Open started, before they started playing games, they he actually pledged and said if he, if he gets to win the title, yeah. four million bucks, he will donate it all to the bushfire appeal. And... Um, like that's that's massive for him. He, you know, and he that's exactly right. Like he's, he's not, not one of the, he's not one of these Djokovic. guys that have made hundreds of millions of dollars out of the sport. And he he come out as he's got the semi final play. He said he'll he's happy to honour that and he's, he'll honour that um, commitment that he made. So uh, I'm actually on on hoping rooting for him. because <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, like for a guy to like if yeah, it come out and, and it was better or Nadal and they've made. A bazillion Millions. dollars. Yeah, it doesn't like it, it's all sort of relative, I guess. Yeah, but for a I'm young fellow you. like that, I'm with you. Good on him, Alex. Well done, well, well done, done, Alex. Let's hope you win. Uh, oh, he might throw it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, oh, get, I'll get a runner up. Maybe yeah. I'll get a runner up. Well, At least I'm going to keep that. Yeah, I didn't say I. Yeah, only if I won it. So. Yeah. but anyway, I'm with um, and this might tie in well with with you, Steve, actually, and, and hopefully it continues. My uh, diamond of the week, young jockey Bailey Nodif. Mm. If he's not in the top. Two, three jockeys in Queensland take claims the lot out of it. Mm. I'm, I'm not here. He, he is a superstar, and you consider he had a few little, uh, 
incidents, I suppose, you know, in his apprenticeship early on, he had a little bit of a checkered pass. A few little, I'm on a punt, the young fella. A little, a little growing <laughs> up things and a few things there along the line. But just his, the way he's riding of late, I just think it's great to see another young, and, and young Toowoomba apprentices. Clifton have, late, have isn't he? Mm. Well, you'd put Orman would nearly be in a top, he'd be a top yeah, five. 100%. North yeah. and same, he's probably in the same mould as a Jimmy Orman. Exactly. So whether, Jimmy, oh, yeah, no, he'd definitely be probably top two, top three, Jimmy. Jimmy, so, yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, I just think the way he's – and I think he rode another two or three today. Yeah. He two or so yesterday. He hopefully rides at least one. He's on the good horse on uh, Saturday. Saturday. Hopefully he rides at least one. Sit and steer, isn't it? Yeah. Hang on, young fella, <laughs> hang on. But, no, yeah, just credit to him because he's he's, he's just riding out outstanding at the moment. Like you, And he's on a dare I say, a wave of success. He won the wave. Mm-hmm. Whatever that horse's name is, the Huddy horse. Oh, so, yeah, um, he's just going enormous. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's uh, great to see he's, he's he's going so well. And as I said, like he's just got it. As Dad used to call it back in the day, he's in that category again here now, where like his claims just like an absolute bonus. Like he rides better than yeah, most seniors. That's right, and he getting still getting one, and, one, and, one half. and a half. But he's a he's a type of bloke. Make your own luck, though, isn't it? You know, those real hard workers that are. Get up and ride the 15, 20 and work of a morning. Well, you're and, working you know, hard. 100%. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's why they get the chances, though, on the good horses because they're hard workers. You know, they make and their you, own luck. And you look at Tony, like, he's basically his, he's basically his number one rider. Not just yeah. number one apprentice. He's his number one rider. You look at, he rides, well, you put him on non-claiming races and things yeah. like that, and he's going, yeah. So, Bailey Notif, hopefully the success continues. Great segue. Wrap-up show. Multi of the week, winners galore. We need them. We need them, boys. Yeah, Come on, we what have we got? the winner this year. Kick us off, Steve. I'm not going to tip the horse. Oh. oh, come on, mate. You can't talk. Or... He's saving the price or something, is he? Yeah. I won't tip this one because it's... Uh, it mate, looks... oh, what, 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 what is it, though? First starter. He's done over with these two-year-olds. You can't be Brisbane confident. race one, like to, <laughs> number like... one. <laughs> Yeah, we got a looming large one that had, had a decent trial during the week. One by so. five. Yeah, yeah, no, it showed ability. Hopefully, it wins. <laughs> nice. Race one. Race one, number six, looming large. Yeah. Yep. Right. What are you tipping then? What are you not tipping it? I've got a, no. I've got a, I've got a special. <laughs> yeah. Well. Race seven, number seven. One for you, Barrier oh, Seven. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know if it's Barrier Seven, <laughs> but it's Race Seven, number seven, and it's called. Slow hands. Mm, they scratch it today mm. to race on Saturday. In the benchmark 70. Slow hands, you're on. Mm-hmm. Righto. Joel, what are you going to hurl at us? Mm. Caulfield, race seven, number two, Dallasan. Yep. It's a pretty good horse, this thing. It's uh, the one that was made famous because they ripped Raquel's, Raquel Clark off. For Huey? For Huey when they took it down to Melbourne and it sort of didn't... Avail for him, but to come out the next start and want to group three, the Carbine Club, which Al will tell you all about, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> first up into uh, 1,200, the the Manfred Stakes, group three, Craig Williams. Get, get your money on. $2.90. Righto. Um, this will be a good one for the location where we're sitting here. Eagle Farm race nine, horse nine. So for the nine followers. Nine, Reed nine, Ripper. Nine, nine. Naval Strike. Jesus, it's it hit the line real hard oh. last start, didn't it? It's a fair run, and then I got a little bit more confidence today when I I um, spoke to my man uh, Blair Gibson, who's given it a red hot shake at about thirty forty dollars. It's in about under twenties now, but 
I know it's run a lot of How much do you have on? That. Yeah. He. You. you. <laughs> He's a heavy, one, heavy Thursday oh, tipper too, he isn't he? loves a Thursday. Heavy Thursday punter. Early market yeah. specialist. Yep. Mine, Tell you what, if you've got some tip out there, don't tell James, he'll snap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. No, it was on it yesterday. It was, I wish it was. But yeah, do you reckon it'd run a place? Because I've seen it's last one. So you're it for a place? A race, sorry. Oh, race. race. My apologies. No, don't worry about the place. Just back it to win. Um, like FOMO. Oh. Yes. Don't worry about bringing up bad memories. But yeah, that's what I'm on. Naval Strike. Still get about 20 bucks or something. Don't have to have much on it, those odds. Put them together and you go all right. You do. So good luck. So, so you got Looming Large down there. Eagle mm. Farm. Heading Going down? down? Heading down? No. <laughs> Going to play golf and I'll watch it on the app. Sky Racing Active. Thanks for coming. Hopefully, yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, Cutest so runny and then, I don't know. Off the slipper. Yeah. Monthly medal, we'll just hold up the game. Have mm. you done before? Yeah. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> occurrence for you boys. Yeah. Yep, hopefully a few happy cheers instead of the negative ones that normally come out of my mouth on the golf course. <laughs> I'm just spraying them into the trees. <laughs> it won't matter if that horse gets up. No, it probably, it might, probably won't finish the game anyway. So. <laughs> Straight to the bar, thanks for coming. Yeah, good run. DNF. So, anyway, good luck with Thank the you. horse Saturday. Thank you. I don't have to do much. Yeah. Bailey notified. Bailey. He doesn't have to do much either. Oh, he might from that gate. Sticky gate. Just uh, dig it in the ribs. Yeah. Slide forward. Mm. Sit outside Uncle Frank. Take Some big fan of the show, big Steve Matthews, reckons mm. you won't beat it. Might have to have a side pot. <laughs> <laughs> Little head-to-head with Frankie. Righto. That's the show. Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll, as we said, we'll share that interview with uh, Carl Jockemson. Encourage anyone to share it and have a look at it. It was fantastic to have him on the show. Um, but until then, we'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. See you next week, eh? Hey? Adios. <laughs> just, just about doing, mate. Uh, surely, there you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros, the semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, you're the star.